Yo, you're back with episode three. More garbage. It's a podcast. Welcome to the More Garbage Podcast. This is episode number three. I'm TRAC, chilling out with Vandal, FTL, Steve B, and a host of others. DJ IQ of Ingenious Music on segment one. Yo, it's son. not a liger. It, it damn sure ain't no fucking liger. <laughs> You're ligging. Yo, why you ligging, son? You ligging on your liger. Unless you got some Bustello brewing, son. That's used people's coffee. <laughs> yes. Fiddle, that's used people's coffee. It's ours people's. Supreme. Supreme Bustello. Yo, what got Yo, Supreme Bustello? I took, I took an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember what we were doing. And I was clowning like, look, Supreme Bustello. And then I hashtagged it Supreme. And the shit got like 600 views because there's a hashtag Supreme. It's funny how that hashtag worked. You know what I was like, yo, I might as well just hashtag everything Supreme. Supreme, exactly. Yo, new Vandal mix. Hashtag Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> yo, I wonder... I wonder if people are going to end up, like, oh, suing man. each other because they're, like, using their hashtags. Hashtags? Like, Nike's, like, hashtag Adidas. Yo. They're like, yo. Hashtag check that. It's just like, what? Really? Hashtag all day. Hashtag sue me. How about that? And you can keep going. And you can just keep adding them like that. How many hashtags that. is okay? That like, is... I know you can have 30, and then there's a trick to do 60. There's a hash. There's, I, there's a hack tag. A yeah, hashtag hack. A, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I'll teach you, you know. Yo, later. son. Hashtagonomics.com. But, I mean, yo, he with the most hashtags wins. Yo, there's it's a. It's a hashtagathon. Hashtagathon. Really? There's a limit to the hashtag? Like 30 and then you could jack it up to 60 if you knew the contra code, the hashtag code? So basically... Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, pound. Just just between me and you. (laughs) You make your post with no hashtags. And this is what on the IG? Yeah. Okay. And then you make a comment with 30 hashtags. And then you go back to the original post post and you edit. And add 30 more. And add 30 more. Boom. Bitch. Boom. More garbage. In your face. Interwebs, you see? Wow. There's uh, still some tricks out there. No, but people be doing that up on Facebook, too. Like, they be doing, like, yo, check out my mix, comment, and links. And then they'll comment on their own thing and tag, like, a hundred people or however amount of people they manage is like yo what are you doing do, do i even know you do, do i even want to check I, your stuff out do i like, at you and tag you in the photo uh, you know mm-hmm. and then what if it's a location like i'm i'm at champion coffee you're and right ha- hashtag champion coffee hey, but you're not with I'm like 20 other location, people champion coffee <laughs> Greenpoint, and uh yeah yeah, but all the people you tag in that location aren't with you though, and they don't I, even live. They don't even live I, by I don't you. Do that. No, but I'm not saying you. But like when people be getting all the tag happy, it's like, yo, what do you want me to come check it's like, you? Like, yo, use the paper airplane. B, just use the paper airplane. 
Like, no, I'm not going to come check you at, at Greenpoint Coffee <clears throat> to get a Frappuccino, That's what the paper airplane dog. is no. there for. It has its own button. Yeah. There's like, comment, and paper airplane. So... You want to send it to somebody or or hashtag that shit or hashtag leave me the fuck alone. Don't add in the <laughs> fucking comment. Oh, as you're talking to somebody, you leaving a comment for them, but you don't share a video like that on Facebook where someone like tags you in the photo <laughs> and you're like, "What the fuck is this? I'm not in this photo." Right? It's like some stupid meme. Remove this tag. Remove the, the, me from this The meme doesn't even, the meme image doesn't oh, even resemble. Oh, what about, what about when you're you, like, oh, this photo, I should tag this person in it. And it's like, no, this person already removed all this tag from this photo. You you're are not, blocked from you tagging this person. You are not allowed to tag that again. <laughs> you will go to Facebook jail, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that happened with Rob. I noticed Rob untagging himself. Shout out to Odyssey. Yo, psh, Odyssey, yeah, big up. He's Odyssey. like, yo, they didn't get my good side. That's that fucked is? up. Yo, that that's actually a mirror image, and my left side looks like my right side. It's just fucked up. Yo, Untag. Untag. That's funny, Odyssey. <laughs> yo, shout out to the Supreme Bustello. Shout out to the Supreme Bustello. Represent, represent ours peoples. Hashtag Supreme, hashtag Bustelo. Yo, hashtag Puerto Rico, hashtag Yo, not Hashtag Frankie. caffeine, hashtag <laughs> all night. Hashtag. Hashtag all night long. What is it? Veganese. <laughs> hashtag Nicole Richie, hashtag Lionel Richie, hashtag Paris Hashtag non GMO. <laughs> Yo, one of these is going to work. <laughs> Hashtag just work? drink it. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing like 60 hashtags and get less than 60 likes. There's something wrong with those Come hashtags. On, Hashtag coffee. That's what it is. <laughs> Columbia. Hashtag Colombian high grade. There you go. That's Hash- fun. Hashtag <laughs> another note in my iPhone notepad with a bunch of hashtags. Hashtag yo, y'all need to. Shut the fuck up. Hashtag Instagram <laughs> account number five. How come they only let you have ha- five? Hashtag Instagram needs more accounts. Hashtag multigrain crackers. <laughs> yeah. Ha- yo. Okay. We got these Crunchmaster yo. multigrain crackers from yo. Costco. We always get them. They're like our favorite crackers. Yo, and everyone that's ever seen them is like, yo, those are the best yeah. fucking crackers. And then... Today, at the bottom of the bag, <laughs> there's a bunch of, like, I don't even know, like, styrofoam bits or something. Yeah, what the And then we ripped the open the that? other bag, because there's two in each one, and we dumped it on. There's a bunch of styrofoam bits in that. Nah, so, sorry. like, okay, so now what? I got to go That's... get that tested? Where do you go get that tested? We can do give it back to Crunchmaster, to Costco. Costco's going to be like, yeah, we'll test that. You oh, need to don't call, worry. You need to call the district. That was a just a bunch of um, rice matter <laughs> clumped up. It, it wasn't was even just, rice, um, though. It was from the fr- uh, freshener pack. Um, it must have... Uh... Listen, at least no fucking Tide Pods was up in your shit. I don't know. But we, <laughs> we were definitely looking at it funny, and we were like, is it... 
Is it material or is it plastic? It also, it wasn't alive. And then homegirl just popped <laughs> it in her mouth, started chewing on it, was like, no, it's definitely plastic. <laughs> but what if it was alive, though? What if it was like some, like, I don't know, like, I don't want. It's not a. Why do you keep it's asking a, if it's alive? Why the fuck did you no, keep saying that? No, because sometimes, sometimes no, when you a, get. Is he dead? Is he? What do you mean? Is he dead? Is yo, it, yo, man, it's all, all sorts types of, of blood. blood. Yo, watercolor and shit, son. Yo, shit's, <laughs> yo, shit's white. No, because um, shit's white. Listen, no, because sometimes you get like the cornmeal or something packed a certain way or whatever, or wherever it came from, like the farm or something or wherever. It's a cracker. It, it's a but multigrain, nah, but, you but know I think what? it's got rice in but it. But you know what? There was actually like um, a situation that my friend had with crackers too. It wasn't wasn't it crackers or like rice cakes or something. He had like little like worms, not worms, but it was like ew, like maggoty. They use maggots. Is I was like, yo, how the hell you get maggots in maybe in the fucking rice? Was cake? it rice? On LSD? I don't know. It just looked like maggots? No, 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 no. <laughs> that shit was moving, son. Like, that shit was like, I was like, yo, son, what are you doing with your fucking rice cakes? This shit got the shit. I hear footsteps. And I got more garbage. Yo, hold up. I'm just checking all my Instagram alerts right now. <laughs> I gotta see. The hashtag status. <laughs> No, actually, I gotta, I gotta check Will Tell's Instagram. Loan Theory versus the Infamous. Oh, they were actually debating that. That's actually interesting. Loan Theory. Queens versus, versus Queens. The Infamous. Someone said, positive versus negative. Let CL decide. <laughs> but wait, they're both Queens cats, tribe and mob. And, and also, Tip worked on that and Tip album. Tip worked on the album. I was just about to say that, sir. So, like, it's a win-win, man. Both albums were fire. It's really close. I mean, how can you pick one over the other when, first of all, Mob was on a whole different vibe lyrically than Low End Theory, Tribe Vibe. But at the same time... Musically, this shit was tight too. I mean, how can you? How can I mean? They were both. They're both solid albums. How I can I think you, most people are saying it's a real even match? Both equal. They got their differences as far as like you know, like I said, lyricism, like lyrical content. Man, a lot of people are doing what I did. I just wrote ouch. <laughs> but one, but one point, as you mentioned, yeah, uh, tip work on both albums. Um, so. But what would you pick? You said tribe. Your pick's tribe. Low in theory versus. I mean, you you want to so hear you the track list? So you have to pick one, huh? Um, their first one was People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. The whole Can I Kick It Jump Off. That was ninety one, dude. See, Mob Deep came out. A lot what? of people are saying like you could flip a coin on this one. It's a uh, win win as far as I'm concerned. Both albums is tight. But if you need to, if See, you need to just pick but I appreciate one, though, this comment. it's crazy. Stude wrote, Uncle Roe wrote, "I love Tribe, and I will be in the minority with my pick, but it's Mob Deep here. Think about it. Shook One, Survival of the Fittest, Trife Life, Eye for an Eye, Cradle to the Grave, Temp Rising, Give Up the Goods, All Bang Hard, Still to this okay. Day. 
Lowen had a classic in scenario and check the rhyme, but after that, true. Uh, most artists wish they had one song as good as Shook once on their album, and the infamous Ooh. had seven. <laughs> there it is. Then there it is. Your man nailed it. Cause I I was about to say like with 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 infamous that struck that struck everyone that was on some street shit. You know what I mean? Anybody that was hustling. Well, FTR was saying that and everybody was the fittest. At, like you know, what is I mean? like possibly the darkest, most gangster club banger that every right. girl will, will but, still get down with when they which hear is, that. But, but also, is, it, it's it's somewhat has a slight hint of smoothness to it, though, because the way... But it's just the, those keys are sinister. You know what I mean? So, and that's that would be, I guess, that Q-tip influence. You know what I'm saying? So... Well, he was also making the point that the Tribe album was on some positive, right? And, and that's and the that's mob shit was that's what thuggy. I was saying. Like, yeah, the the, the infamous Thuggery. album, infamous album, all the drug dealer cats was bumping that and was just like, yo, it just was, yo. A, it just became literally Anthem. the soundtrack. To yeah, their the lives. soundtrack to yeah. the streets. That's what I'm saying. But not to take nothing away from low end theory because a lot of jeeps was bumping that shit too back in the day. Long side mob. Very clean production. You know what I'm saying? So even though that like I said, the the, the the lyrical content is 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 different, but equal equally as solid with delivery and production. And then hence Q tip doing the production or helping out producing alongside with the tribe and producing the stuff uh with Havoc and Mob, so it's like, yo, that's why I say it's a win win. But yeah, if you but if you need to Mob pick, is gonna take it in this matchup. But if but. you need to pick one for whatever reason, it's just like okay then, for the streets, yeah, of course. It's close. It's, it's Mob, but close. I don't know if but I can low cast end theory was bumping in the streets too. It's just like that's why yeah, they're both. I had both on repeat for so long. Exactly, it's really hard <laughs> to choose. It's damn near a balanced scale, man. DJ IQ. Mm-hmm. And now, MC Track. More Garbage Podcast. Garbage! <laughs> All right, right here. All right, welcome back to more Yo. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. At the table. One, two. One, two, three. That's Track. Drop it. No, you got to do it like Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. Three, two. No. Drop. And here's Vandal talking with Track. Hey, that's me on More Garbage. So, track. It's been a few months now. The album's been set free into the wild. Yeah, into the Serengeti. And seems like the response has been nothing short of amazing. I'm still in putting it out there, Mo, because you always want more and more people to be introduced to different sounds and different styles, but. The people who know, like big ups to all the all the main DJs for all the love, um, especially uh, like Renee Levice, TB from Calix and TB, Shy Effects, you know all those cats came and personally hit me up and let me know that yo dude you have an amazing album you know Serum, what up Serum you're king of the roller right now nobody's better than those guys. Definitely shout out to Brian G. Oh Brian G is the man behind you know he's he's the boss right there. 
you know, we do this thing where when they send out the promos to the DJs, the DJs got to give their ratings. We, I would say from people that you wouldn't expect, they were like mind rocked from how this whole project came out. And shout out to all you guys, you know, was really feeling this project here. And uh, we continue though, you know, we're still spreading the love. We're still going to keep it in action. And uh, we got some more surprises coming from that as well. There's the remix projects. We remixed a couple tunes off of the uh, album. There might be some stuff from Jastic. Salute to uh, Paul S.G. and Soul Structure. More on their stuff. And Miss Fizzy, of course. And, man, even Saxon. You know, this, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a heavy year. So you, you'll still hear me around amongst everything else. And then, you know, pretty much trying to set up this uh, Life in Motion tour, which I hope uh, I can really pull off a nice live performance. So that's what's going on on the list of things to do. So, Is there anyone specific trying to work right now? That you're like, yo, these guys are killing it. I'd really like to, or this girl. Is there like a vocalist? Rhea, Rhea. I know you're hearing this right now. And it's funny you mention that. Uh, maybe something happens with me and Rhea. And big ups to my man Maverick Soul, who's kind of new to the scene. He's coming in, but he does very dope, eclectic, new future soul kind of music. And he's a drum and bass head. And we've been doing some stuff together as well. So... Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that because that's a whole nother direction and in, in sound. And we're still going to be bringing it to you in in, in a drum and bass tempo and with a hip hop tempo. It's just, let, yeah, it's a fusion stuff. Let me ask stuff. you, actually, have you gotten some response from the hip hop world regarding the album? You I'll, know, have I'll, you I'll, shared it yeah, with? I've, I've shared it with heads. And, of course, first thing comes out of people's mouths is like, yo, yo you should probably do like... Uh, EP of just just the hip hop joints and put that on in the hip hop world and um, see how that goes. But I was a little bit against it, saying, "Well, that kind of beats the purpose because I have all this other stuff that's going all over." So, you know, that's the story. I mean, that's like whenever you used to when when we was first coming into drum and bass as well. They were hip hop dudes with the hat twisted in the rave. They was mm -hmm. there. They was chilling. Of course, yeah. And whenever they saw somebody looked at them, they was like. He likes this, like he likes this shit for real. Mm -hmm. And you know, even like when I got, there, yeah, there mm -hmm. was definitely a stigma for a while. Yeah. And even like my first experiences, like grabbing onto a drum and bass set, rocking and trying to feel my way through, and the people who knew uh, what was going on, they would hear me and be like, "Yo, this dude's rhyming like he really means it on this," and they would start going towards the speakers just to hear the lyrics, mm -hmm. and that right there lets you know, all right, those are hip hop dudes too. So. You know, for all I know, you know, the support is about to come in a whole nother way. But for me, the experience is, yo, you did some amazing stuff. Yeah, it's really dope, but... Yeah, there's only you know, there's only been a handful of projects right. that... To balance really, that line. And yeah, that's a, like, yeah. you know, KRS did that thing with Noisia. Noisia. Uh, like the Wuha remix, that was right. a good one back in the day. Um, I'm trying to think Roll of cuts, some, like, yeah, the real cuts, standout ages, ones. Yeah. The Roots had that track that goes jungle. With the Erica Badu yeah. joint. Yeah, that joint. Uh, you that got was me. really you good. You got me. Yeah, that was and a really good one. I remember using that on uh, in sets and mixing out of that. It's, uh, there's this group that I always talk about that was one of my earliest influences. Uh, they go by the name of Zion I. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. their album at the time 
got written up as album of the month in the source. They got this one joint on there that I may have flew past people's heads called Elevation. That was like me learning and getting, not, you know, not necessarily learning, but experiencing. And then you hear something that you relate to most. Those were one of the first records I heard that I was like, oh, these guys are making it sound fun. This is the kind of stuff we want to do, you know? And this is just like maybe just around when we drop next level shit with uh, Carlos over at Liquid Sky. So it just felt like there was something else about to happen back then. As far as now, everything's I sort think of. Red Man. Red Man did something with Ronnie Size. Adam Man. F did something with MOP. Right. And with somebody Obviously, else. TC did. TC Islam, of, of course. He's done a bunch right there. Um, he did a good one with uh, Flytronics that I have Fly on vinyl. I was listening to. Yeah, he has one day. called Urban Gorilla that I really liked. Urban Gorilla. That was a hard one. Um, Rest in peace. All right, to TC. You know, that's the brother right there. You know, there's one. Oh, I think Method Man done something as well. I thought he did too, but then I'm probably thinking of that PLO instrumental that Odie Jack for me. I think and uh, no, it was drum and bass. It was it was dance tempo kind of vibe. It wasn't necessarily a drum and bass record. That a Judgment Day record, five up to you know five four whatever you know. I forget. It's on that Judgment Day album though. Yeah. Other than that, you know, people do do sprinkles of uh, stuff along but the way. That's what I'm saying. I feel yeah. like if we wanted to, we could probably name like every single one. We're, we're getting pretty far right now. Yeah, we are getting pretty far. This is a <laughs> lot more. Uh, I mean, also around that time, you got... I don't know if there are a lot more. Like, a big hip-hop artists that have been mm. on... Well, because... Or just just hip-hop on yeah. a release... I'm not talking about, you know, MCs yeah. that freestyled over the jungle. Yeah, no, I know what you're like saying. Actual yeah. records. There was a time when most artists would do, like, many different versions of a record, and then they had to sort of try to appeal to a European market, and they would do these kind of records that we're talking about. Oh, you know? big shout-out to Rhyme Time. Rhyme Time. Who, where is Rhyme Time? Go. That dude That's right one there. of the originators of rapping the originators. on on Jungle Records, yeah, yeah, big ups to him, man. Um, I mean, we can't we can't keep talking without mentioning. I, yeah, then uh, what? Then we're just gonna go into the Raga world. No, well, well, we that hold it before you we go there. Mean? Yeah, so that, um, that that's a whole that's a whole beast. Brown paper bag, dynamite. As he ended ended up jumping on there. Mm. That's one, you know. That's pretty much one of the holy grails right there. You know, you mentioned you mentioned drum and bass, and people know what that is beyond the drum and bass scene. You know. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much. That was like the one of the epitome records at the time. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, hip hop is sampled, yeah, stupid heavily. We hey, for look, drum and bass and jungle. Hey, we know producers who probably had careers off of going into the scene it's and taking like, sound. So it's like a fad now with house music, even yeah. mad house, a mad hip hop samples. It's really weird to hear that, and then the influence of it, how it spreads. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can buy my Yeah, do they real? Yeah, all right. It's like sometimes when you hear the beat, just speed up just a little bit. You go, oh, wait a minute. Do people know what they're listening to right now? But they're, they're like nodding real hard. Like, oh, this is crazy. This is a real fucking mm-hmm. part of it. And it's like, yeah, you don't know this is drum and bass, dude. But this is what it is right here. I mean, we mentioned a lot of artists, you know. And they all came in, and they all visited, and they all had fun with it. And a lot of those records are still in respected, fact, so you know what I mean? 
I think Adam F. did a whole album with hip-hop artists, didn't he? Yeah, I think he messed with most Def on something, I want to oh, say. Oh, damn. I love some Adam F. songs. But some of those hip-hop songs, they just felt a little, like, too put together. Yeah, yeah. We, you uh, know, just like, I got this Lego piece here, and I got that Lego piece here, and they're like... Yeah, it literally was that. With the exception of, like, you know which ones, like the Red Man when we talk about with Ronnie. That was Red Man just wilding out. I love that part when he goes, zop da ba 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 oh, psych, I'm only kidding. And we love that part, because he was in there... Just saying, this is what I'm going to do over this. No, but for the most part, a lot of cats, you know, there's no one shame in this. But a lot of professional artists we know couldn't really catch the beat. Or they really couldn't find a way to fit mm, in. Or they right. tried to rhyme fast and they was out of the element. They were just not feeling it. Right. Or, yeah, they were just there to get a quick check and run out. And this is the story of stateside drum and bass. <laughs> you know? Um, I've, I said when I was in London, I was accessed on one of the uh, shows out there. And I said, Joe, I honestly think that presentation had a lot to do with why the scene hasn't really taken off here in the States rather than, uh, you know, become like what it is, what jazz is, what hip hop is and all that. And it's mostly because, in my opinion, because I might get a little hate off of this, a lot of the stuff that was being presented was all really harsh and, and really dark. And if you're introducing people into something... You know, you want to kind of give them the, the, I guess, drum and bass for dummies kind of joint, not calling it drum and bass for dummies, but you need something they can relate to. like ease them into it. Right, you know, this is why when you hear sets from like, you know, God bless Bookham, you know, big ups to Danny, 100%. Danny had a sound that he liked and took it and transcended. You can't even say he just ran with it. He, trend, he is the birth of a lot of cats right now who are now... You know, step no R.I.P. Marcus Intellects and mm. all you know cats like Lensman. You know, all those cats are and all those dudes I mentioned love hip hop. Must I add? And um, but they took that that finesse, that that swaziness, and then you that's you know that's when you went into the clubs where people go, yo, if you play this all the time right here, yo, I come to this joint all the time. You know what I mean? Or they'll go, you know, you know, you was there. They'd be like, yo, I don't know what everybody else is playing track. But that stuff you doing, I like that right there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I can I can bring people to um, Bookham at Brooklyn Bowl mm-hmm. that aren't hardcore drum and bass, drum and bass heads, heads. You know, and you want to introduce new people to new. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you, you want to grow a scene, and you just want to have more people to you know enjoy what you're enjoying. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you meant uh, I was at the Barclays. Watching, uh, I guess one, I want to say it was one of the Brooklyn Nets game, and a friend of mine who you know he doesn't really know much about it. He was having his talk about Brooklyn Bowl, and you know, like yeah, he said, yo, this is dude that comes there like once a year. He plays this really amazingly spiritual music, man. You know, like it was like really moving and transcending. It does something to you, makes you feel real good. And then there was this MC up there that was killing it with them, and it was amazing. And I said, you're talking about LTJ Bookham? He's like, yeah. I said, guess who was on that stage? And he freaked out. And I was like, yeah, see, Cats is paying attention, man. So, you know, one step at a time. We don't have to go commercial like other genres. You know, everybody wants to be the next rock and roll. Drum and bass is drum and bass. Jungle is jungle. And we should just keep it at that, you know. Yup, yup, yup. 
And at the same time, um, there are like a million labels within drum and bass. Oh, yeah. Psycho, Funko, Neuro, <laughs> Bass, Chill, Step. Step. I know what I like, right? I don't, I'm not going to fight this person for what they like. If I heard something, I'll let them know, yo, that's dope. If it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. T-R-A-C. Brought to you by More Garbage. Next up, a proper roundtable discussion with Vandu, FTL, Steve B, and T-R-A-C. Got a question for you. What? When did When did you know that music started speaking to you? That it wasn't just like this ambient noise in the background, along with all the other noises in your neighborhood and shit like that. It wasn't the garbage truck. It wasn't like your mom getting ready for work. It wasn't like the music. I feel like it always was for me. What was was the one tune that like hit you like a laser shot through you? It was like, oh shit, this is me I don't think I have a one tune. What about when did you get your first radio? How about that? Because I remember remember in first grade, I got my own little red Sanyo radio, like not, you know, not a boombox, but it basically a mini mini boombox. And I used to keep it right next to the bed. And when I go to sleep at night, you know, I turn it on real low, and just like listen to stuff. Hmm. Those are like kind of my first real memories of getting into it. I don't know. I might. I have my one of my early memories is my father when he lived with us. Bringing home Sugar Hill Gang on on record, the single, and See, bringing never had and bringing home Born to Be Alive. <laughs> oh no! I remember specifically yeah. those two songs. Yeah, dude, that had to be like seventy eight or nine or whatever. That no, happened. that was definitely eighty. Eighty, like yeah, yeah. But it, it was yeah, like we can look it up when those mm. dropped. That's pretty early. I was yeah, only like we, three, four. We didn't have no Sugar Hill. Like I remember some some Russian songs. That's I remember right. my parents had a friend that was um, this French woman. She used to sing and like they had like cassette tapes with her music. Who a uh, Piaf? No, they had like Edith a friend. Piaf? Oh, she's like an actual person. She actually oh, wow. sung the songs. Yeah. Oh wow! So I, I'm trying to remember her name. That's interesting. I don't remember now. Yo, actually, that reminds me of another crazy story. Uh, I have a record here. It was, um, I believe it was a Cannonball Adderley record. Mm, Okay, yeah. And it was sitting there in front, and uh, my mom came over, and she was like, oh, is this my record that I gave you? And I'm like, I I don't even remember if it was from her or not, but... I said, I don't know if you remember. It must be yours, I, I guess. Is it the one that he wrote to me? And I'm like, really? Which Yo. one? Yeah. What? And we picked it up, and on the back of it, it said, "To <coughs> Ella, Cannonball Adderley." Wow. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, what the hell is this?" So your mom was in the jazz scene. Yeah, big into jazz. Yeah, okay. her and my dad used to go to a lot of jazz shows. So we're talking about it. jazz in the '50s or the '60s? Nah. They're not that old. Okay. Like, uh, oh, like what kind of jazz were they into? Yeah, like what era of jazz were they were they getting into? My mom's favorite jazz artist is probably Miles Davis. Dope. But what Um, what era of Miles are we talking? Are we talking about like kind of blue era? Are we talking about like fusion Miles? Like Like, what would be her favorite? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like obviously. Is it like smooth or more funky, chunky, abstract, avant? 
she got into some real abstract stuff for a while. They were going to see like Sunrun, oh, Orchestra dope. Live. I have. They took me to a show actually. You went to a Sunrush yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah, you probably and the didn't whole know band. what the hell was, was going so, on. It was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your experience uh, with that. Like, what do you remember? Funny. It was wild. Kid, they were, they all had on some like I think like gold outfits or something. It was small stage, you know, like just like a step up from where everyone was sitting. It's like mm. a little jazz club, huh. and they were playing, and they just get like you know you could tell. Um. Whatever it is that they were doing with those sounds, like they were building up kind of like into this frenzy and there was definitely like an energy, you know, that I remember. And uh, it was weird, but it was interesting. And I remember they bought a record mm -hmm. at that show and he signed it for them. And I have that one now too. You did. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Don't worry, Sun Ra's still weird. Yeah, Sun Ra's still <laughs> even after he's gone. You know, apparently, like awesome. they all lived in the same house. That whole band lived in the same house. They had like strict rules in that house. You couldn't have any women over. They practiced like wow. almost five to eight hours a day. You know, and they toured a lot. But the great thing about uh, Sun Ra, especially Sun Ra Vinyl, is that they did all their own pressings, like very DIY, very punk rock. Huh. And they just like you know record their live shows, record their studio yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was and then, it was a white label. Yeah. I totally remember that. Oh, yeah. With like a freaky cover, but I gave you some it had, like, some like didn't, the rays. Didn't I give you? Because we pressed some <laughs> when I was working with Heath at uh, Brooklyn Fauna. Maybe we no, had that's right. You used to work at a at a Brooklyn uh, Fauna. Yeah. Okay. How long were you working for them? I don't know, like a, a little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any previous uh, record pressing experience? No, that was the them? first time I ever seen record pressing or anything. How'd like you find that. out about the job? My boy Heath, I think you know Heath Bodine. Do I know Heath Bodine? DJ Tomorrow. Shout DJ Tomorrow. Okay, yeah, shout probably out Heath. Know. You're big up. You've so seen, you know, you see him, you definitely know. Okay. Um, he, I don't know how he got hooked up with it, but he's working there maybe like two years. Okay. So pretty much, he got me in. Pretty much in collating the records, we basically putting the plastic wrap on, putting the inserts in, okay, shipping it out, okay, a couple other things like you know. straight up administrative type stuff. It was no, it was basically putting the record together. Once. Assembly line type shit. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. But like working the presses, basically only the boss really knew how to handle some of those presses. Okay, like they're very. Very tricky with the weather and wow, you know the vinyl that we use because he would use virgin vinyl and then he would use also recycled recycled vinyl. stuff. So like, <clears throat> I don't know what these other places do. I don't know if they they do that recycled stuff. Here it's a tricky situation with the recycled stuff. Like they used got, to be it a, is. a presser that used to like recycle use recycled records and it'd be like piece of the paper from the label I can see stuff that and the grooves well and that's that. Yeah. that well we had a thing that you punch out the label mm -hmm. so that shouldn't be an issue mm -hmm. but the thing is you have rec yo we when we would go through records man some of them old records from like the 20s dude if you tried to be bend it like a little bit it would yeah. just like shatter wow like completely we tried to like bend one and it just like broke like a million pieces it was like glass basically mm. like I don't even know what material that was I, had, I couldn't tell you, yeah. It was just like a super brittle, 
It wasn't like the vinyl material mm-hmm. of records. It was like a plate. It was, yeah, dude, so brittle. It was crazy. Yeah, you know, I have some old, uh, like, um, big band. That's what records. I mean. It'd be like records from like the 30s yeah. and, and stuff. And mm-hmm. then as once They're I think like, like the 50s, <clears throat> seemed like they started using that more wax, vinyl, whatever they have now. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it all like comes in little pellets, right? And just feed it into the machine, yeah, and it melts it down and stuff like basically that. Basically, makes like a hockey puck, like with okay, the, with the original plating, and then it's like squished into the yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's definitely an experience, you know, uh-huh. to see that being working with records and being around records my whole life and get to understand it. Mm. Something I've thought about. Do you come from a family DJs or just record? No, just my mom always had records. Mm. You know, always collected. I feel like you asked that question because maybe you you have that. I definitely don't have. I mean, there's always like because there's always like that gateway. Like for me, I've always been a curious kid. You know, and when hip hop was coming up, for me, you always had to go to the far end of the dial. One hundred seven point five. Okay. 98.7. 98.7. Okay, so it was like uh, Red Man versus Mr. Magic, right? He was 107.5, yeah. So it's like, what was happening on those stations on other days of the week? Fortunately, when I was coming up, I don't know if I'm older than you guys or whatever, but for me it was just like Frankie Crocker was always yeah. a big uh, influence, yeah. what have you. BLS, yeah. But <clears throat> right? yeah, Frank Crocker when you swing the, the dial away from the left side of the, the spectrum to the right side of the spectrum, you caught all those listener-sponsored radio places and the college radio NYU, and stuff like that, Columbia. NYU, uh, KCR and stuff like right. that. Huh. So I was just like into like new sounds. If they had a punk show, I'd listen to the punk show. If they had a jazz show, I'd listen to the jazz show. They had a hip hop show. Listen to hip hop show. This is like pre Bobby oh, yeah. Hill stretch and stuff like what that. What year? Like eighty five ish. No, I'm talking about like maybe seventy six to like eighty. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, the first record that like really cut through was Ring My Bell. Hmm. Like war, disco, right? yeah. <laughs> Ring My yeah, Bell. Yeah, I was a big fan of that song too. Yeah. But I, I mean. I used to, dude, I used to just sit up and, like, listen to, like, Barry White, like, on some deep, like, like, shit I really shouldn't even understand at, like, three <laughs> yeah. years old. Yeah. I just be, like, in the zone about it, like, I remember we used to have this light, it was like this, because we got a bunch of lamps from the blackout. Okay. Right? Talk about, what's that, 77? Yeah, we wound up with a bunch of lamps, and yeah. uh, just, we used to live on Church Ave. And my dad wound up with a bunch of lamps, right? Gotcha. So we had this one crazy 70s lamp with this, like, purple light and this, like, fisheye, like, ball, like, you know, I would just, like, sit there and, like, zone on it and, like, play music mm-hmm. all, like, all late night, just chilling out, just listening to my mom's music. That's, nice. You know, I was, like, four or five, basically. That's when I started breakdancing. Nice. Eighty, you know, eighty-one, okay. whatever. I remember hearing, yeah. um, recording some stuff, and I didn't even know that it was rap at the time. Hmm. It was just like something else. And what, I was recording it. Was like red it. alert shows or no? It was like before that. And so, Mr. Magic, um, Molly Mall, probably. All I can remember for sure is listening a few times to a Fat Boy song uh, and deciding that maybe I didn't like rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yo, 
this is just so stupid. Like, what is going on here? You didn't like you know? all you can eat? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what song it is. And there actually, there's a lot of Fat Boy songs that I love. Fat Boy songs are dope. They have They're a couple great. black ones. And Max, they got you know, my son, he loves the Fat Boys. Fat Boys are the shit. Um, he's even got a crew with this boy, JD, the Fart Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Shout so, out, JD. But Chubby Checker, the twist with the Fat Boys... Was not just, a good song. I can't no. remember what song it was, but it was just I that just was decided not. like <laughs> that novelty at age like six, the war off. This ain't it. Yeah, well, yeah. close disorderly <laughs> for the fat boys. It's really funny. Was a little downhill. The fat boys are back. Yeah. Oh man, yo, yo Matt loves Crush Groove. Oh, yeah. It was the best. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was another. But see, I was more into out of all. Okay, that's a good one. Like out of all those. Movies back then. I have a feeling I know which one shaped you the most, Serge. But, like, for me, it was Beach Street was the one. So, I love Beach Street. Style Wars, Wild Style. And he knows Beach Street. We watched Beach Street. But if you tell any old school graffiti writer dude. They're going to say Style Wars. No, they're going to tell you Beach Street is whack because Beach Street didn't have. Uh, real graph writers doing the graph. Mm. There was oh, an right. issue okay. with like the guild or the union, or you couldn't have artists that were non-union in, right. on the movie uh, production. So Ramos was basically was like some dude painting with a brush. There wasn't a lot of fly art in it. So if you really think about it, it's just something you know you're not aware of as a child. You grow up and you're like, oh, that ain't real. That's funny. Uh, like, oh, well, that's the fake shit. I don't uh, think I even really knew about. Bubble. Style Wars till a little later. Style Wars is till awesome. I was like, and 10 I know it probably so. gives, you know, skewed fame to the particular people that were highlighted. Um, like I, I think Scene definitely gained a lot of his notoriety from that movie. Yeah. He was, yeah, he uh, was big in that one. But I mean, you can't deny like how productive uh, someone like that was. Um, so is that and, the one? But for Style you? Wars. Is that the one for you, Star Wars? Oh, man, I've watched Star Wars so many times. I mean, it reads like kind of like a scene I'm, I'm quoting. Like a know? cultural anthropological study. Like, I feel like every time I watch Star, Star Wars, it's like watching National Geographic. It is. the 70s, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, for example, um, but that's, Scheme. That is a documentary. Scheme about, right? and it his is. mom had a classic yeah. scene in the kitchen. Yeah. Where, you know, he's talking about, I'm that. just sitting yeah. here doodling. You don't doodle on the phone? And she's like, you talking about doodling. Meanwhile, you destroyed your room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Which, rest in peace, she died last week. Oh, oh man. R.I.P. Which, man. it just shows you the reach that that movie had. Mm. That there were mad people, like, on social media, like, you know, R.I.P. Schemes Mom. Yeah. You know? It's understandable. That movie had an impact. <clears throat> well, that one shouldn't count though. And now, that's but music was music was a large part of it. But that's you know? a documentary. Now that we we bring that up, the other ones are movies. A movie, even uh, though true. they're based off like of, a fictional narrative. Yeah, they're based off of some true shit. <clears throat> so we could talk about Wild Style. That's uh, way right. more authentic. Right. And that's almost a documentary. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes an and no. Zorro. You know? Yeah. God. Because they have the, a lot of the. Who came people. up with that name? Well, I, well, I'm right, Zorro. Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
Then there's like rapping, rapping two, electric boogaloo. Mm. That was see, that was the end for me. When I, as Turbo much as ozone. I, see, that was a bad era because Dance that with was the broom. that was when breaking. Like for me, I was one of these purest people. Yeah. Like I didn't like West Coast MCs. <clears throat> I had to like I had to like really. They had to really prove themselves to me because I thought only New York did hip hop. So like, when Breaking got played, I was pissed. And I thought like Breaking got corny. Breaking Two came out. It like kind of just like emphasized how commercially whack it got. Yo, then all of the Every, the rocks that he did, Crazy Legs dressed up in a wig. For, oh, uh, that I didn't know about. Oh, yeah, for Flash Dance. Dance. I didn't Dance. know about that until years later. Which I'm not mad at that. Good for him. Yeah, you, know, you had to make that money. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mad at that. But I'm talking about like how <laughs> commercial like, it got. Well, it, you know what I mean? The opportunity <laughs> shows how commercial it got. Like it was in every like commercial. Like oh, yeah. I remember Sam <clears throat> from from different strokes. The white kid, the white brother. Do you remember that when he had like they came and they added like a white brother? Yeah. Was, do you have like red hair? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah red okay. hair. And he was breakdancing on different strokes. And that was kind of it for me. I was like, I'm done. Breaking's over. Now I'm just going to do the running man. Did yeah, you ever I've never uh, seen Arnold or Willis breakdance? No, he was breaking and it was bad. <laughs> he was making them look bad. It just was like, it was. It hit a point where it just everything got. Even hip hop got like was getting. But commercial. was it you being too cool? Definitely. Okay. But, like, <laughs> but even still, it was hitting a point where it was getting commercial and it was like almost about to get destroyed. Are you familiar with a documentary called "The Freshest Kids"? Oh wait, I, I, am, I, I do remember it. I haven't seen that. I see that joint. Yeah, what is it? It's uh, it's about the birth of breakdancing in the Bronx, you know, and you interview everybody like. The nigga twins are in it, and I don't think I've seen this. You know, but after a certain point, it uh, basically follows Crazy Legs because mm-hmm. a lot of people like left breakdancing after it got popular, right, and bubble burst, what have you. Yeah. But it follows Crazy Legs, you know, going from like place to place, coast to coast, seeing people who are like really still in this culture, going across the seas. Where it's like, okay, it's dead over here, but in Berlin, that's where it kept it, alive, know. man. Because I you remember know. we had this crazy. I don't think I watched it. I remember when like it Europe. when it came out. Yeah, people were talking about it. Highly yeah. recommend that B Boy so documentary. I, also, Planet B Boy is another one. I've mm. seen that. Bad joint of the eyes, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's a little. That's older too, right? Yeah, that came out like I want to say less than ten years ago, but almost ten. Yeah, years ago. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. That is dope. But Freshest Kids is dope. Well, I mean, really, Europe is the ones that kept it alive. I agree with you. you. Know, and Asia, I had a tape. To a I had a, you've seen this tape. We have an old European battle on tape from like ninety five ish or something Which one? six. Do I need to keep this? Like what am I still holding? And then it had a bunch of D it had a bunch of the DMC um competitions on it too. I don't know. I still have it. Yeah, it was like if these guys were keeping it alive because out here we stopped, man. I remember like breaking in the club, like if you were if someone was breakdancing in a circle in like eighty nine mm-hmm. you were kinda like looked at like, oh you're kinda whack. <laughs> Like, all right, you could break dance, but nobody cares. Like, Meanwhile, people were doing, like, 
hip hop moves and house dance. dance so it's like really popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? 80s. Like all them true. crazy, very true late eighties dances, like you know that you see in like Queen Latifah dance for me. But like, like the house dance movement, I felt was like uh, an amalgamation of a lot of different things. There was a little b boy. Uh, there's everything. There. Yeah. there was like some uh, Latin dance in there as well. There's like popping and locking in there as well. Well, you, know? you think about it before those even separated, like when people, it was just people dancing in clubs, right? So, yeah. like, people stopped breaking in clubs and people were doing no steps. And But at those clubs, it was all hip hop and house. You know, it was a combo of both yeah. and freestyle records freestyle and, records. you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever else was out at that moment. Back it was called club music. Exactly. It yeah. wasn't like separated necessarily. Mm-hmm. So the dancing just kind of reflected that, I feel like. I don't know where all those moves originated from, but... I don't think like disco ever leaves you. Well... Like like it's a... There's some funky disco. Oh, this disco gets a weird... Like the there. term disco is like... For example, Barry White gets thrown into disco. Right. But like... Is he really disco? Yeah, he's so yeah, he, he know, rode the like, disco train pretty pretty hard. But that was just I, the music yeah. he was making, and they kind of like what well, that's the fed off of what he made. Shit. As you could say the same thing about Diana Ross and about like Earth, Wind, like, and Fire, a, and all these groups. You exactly. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Earth, Wind, and Fire rock. Were they like I were a disco band? No, they were like a. Were funk. they a giant funk band or yeah, a fiesta which yeah, like, band? Well, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Like a lot of it comes from funk. You know, I you, I don't like labeling a lot of shit. Do you think disco was a factory term? You think there was a table of people like in an office? I don't know. I what mean, were you going to call this music then, it, in the gay clubs that's now hitting the streets? Well, we'll what call is it, it disco? Does it just come from discotheque? Discotheque. Discotheque. Well, place where you play records, I guess, is discotheque, right? I mean, right. from a lot of the documentaries I've watched, like Pump Up the Volume, where they get into a little bit of that stuff. And, where disco and house terms come from, mm. they do talk about that a bunch with the discotheque thing and for the discotheque. But it's just kind of interesting. All these groups get bunched and labeled into disco. You got to figure out how to sell it, bro. Or that disco is has this stigma of being like just cheesy. And some of it was cheesy. It was like, got real commercial. It was real cheesy. Yeah, like got like super commercial. <laughs> well, I mean, stereotypes exist for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But I'm sure there's like some real hardcore like Black Sabbath fans who thought 80s hairband was basically what people who listen to like Barry White and Earth, Wind & Fire <laughs> talked about disco. Exactly. It's just like interesting how that all connects to the house and the club scene mm. and everything it's all to me it's all the same shit craft work and all that was basically what we were listening to when i was going to raves always looked at it that way even back then that this is just what you know this is all techno music or whatever yeah whatever the fuck you want to call it so do you have a lot of live recording albums i don't really have too many you have probably like more i know me. for example i don't have a bunch of those i have a lot of Dave Brubeck live in Japan gotcha. blah 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 I got like probably I don't know six to eight of those yeah I don't usually live in those. different places or there's a famous uh, Deep Purple one live That'd in be um, cool. in France somewhere I forgot mm. the name live live recordings wow. and then when I hear the original I'm like 
wait, that felt like a little different. Um, you know, you're like, I, I don't know if I like that. I usually didn't like the live <laughs> versions back when I was younger. I don't remember any live <laughs> hip-hop show On the second recordings. K-Dons. Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, Saturday Record Store Day that... um Oh, Raw. They did Raw live, right? That, uh, that recording of Nas Rest doing Illmatic at the oh, Kennedy Rest Center. King. Sorry. What is, was that? Uh, that PBS show... Of Nas doing Illmatic oh, with the Symphony yeah. Orchestra oh, at the yeah. Kennedy Center that's being what pressed to vinyl. Oh, so, great. Uh, it's going to be like $800. Nah. It doesn't nah, matter. Just, got the, just get there early. Might be like maybe 30 40 bucks probably. But that's a piece of history, bro. That's dope. We haven't had anything like that, I feel. At least hip-hop-wise. Kedrick got a Pulitzer Prize. Isn't it yeah. crazy? That's awesome. That's awesome. You know? They... I was... I don't remember where I was watching it. I think it was maybe the Young Turks where they were talking about how they only opened up to like jazz music like 10 or 15 years ago or something, like really not long ago. Mm-hmm. The Pulitzer like people or whatever community that decides what music, it was always like classical or... Well, see, I... And they only reason, just recently opened up to jazz music. I only remembered. Books getting Pulitzer Prize. There's always a music. There's a music category. Like apparently. I don't recall that. I didn't know that either because it was always probably some classical music or something that we don't necessarily pay attention to. So why would we have even? They might not have even spoken about it. Right. Honestly, this is this just, is news. Okay, I just associate the term author with Pulitzer. Me too. Always. Who's to say that the Pulitzer yeah. organization isn't trying to pull in a younger demographic in order to keep the Pulitzer name going? Maybe. You know, like, we I gotta mean, do it jazz all. music. Yeah. Not to say that <laughs> We're their, go their intentions modern. are not <laughs> authentic or whatever, but, you know. Garbage. So, but anyway, so <laughs> I'm going to kickstart on my next mixtape and. I only need like two hundred fifty dollars, y'all. Oh, <laughs> Yo, time is money, son. I gotta mix it down. I gotta make yeah. artwork for I, it. Yo, I gotta get the shit. No, come on. At least let me get two hundred. Let's go. Yeah, I, I want my shit in stereo. You know what I mean? That's extra. That would be funny. Uh, Just for shits files. and giggles, you're like, once we hit two hundred, I'll release this bitch. Speaking of that, the government's holding that Wu Tang album right now. Is that what's going on? Jeff Sessions. Yeah, that dude. That dude had to give it up. So it's just he's like, you no think good the people think they're bumping it like in the Pentagon? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, do you think he even played it? Because is he yeah, even allowed he, to he, listen he, to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he of actually course. commented or teased at the idea that he did listen to yeah, it. I know he's not fucking listening. Not to that fucking guy. And I got more garbage. And that's about a wrap. Peace, y'all. Catch y'all on the next episode. We'll be carrying on and giving you much, much more in store. This is the More Garbage Podcast.